Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. Room 104, it's Cormac and Saoirse here and um, we're edging ever closer to some form of normality and some form of uh, freedom and uh, obviously in relation to the lockdown, which, you know, your head's probably done in at this stage. I know ours are in different days, are happier than others, but listen, I suppose we're heading in the right direction, thankfully, hopefully, and uh, delighted to say joining us on the line now is uh, Minister Simon Harris. Minister, thank you for popping on. How are things? Uh, thank you for having me, Cormac and Saoirse. How are you? Yeah. Do you know we're what, actually, I'm going I'm to stop there. I'm going to say that because we're kind of now easing into more, well, I'm going to say normal life, it's not really, but we can kind of meet people again. Yeah. I'm finding that really overwhelming and I'm fe- finding I'm very anxious about it because I've spent so much time on my own and then suddenly I can meet people again and uh, I don't really know how to, <laughs> to communicate anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose it's been, a, it's been three, three, three and a half months. It's been such a really weird time for everybody, but uh, we're able to edge now back towards some degree of, of, of a new normal, maybe, where we can begin to slowly start to meet up with people uh, again, though, though I am reminding everybody that it is a, it's not the time to kind of go and meet your second cousin twice removed. We are asking people to just kind of look, identify who are the people in your life that you've been missing. You know, maybe close family, granny, grandparents, parents, uh, other half, you know, friends, people that you've been, people that maybe you've been missing, your kind of core contacts and meet up with them in a, in a safe way uh, rather than trying to kind of go around and ra- rapidly increase your close contacts because one of the challenges we had with this virus before was when somebody got the virus, they had about 20 or 25 close contacts. So in other words, they were risking spreading the virus to 20 or 25 mm. other people. One of the things that obviously happened during the lockdown was people's close contacts dropped to about two. Now, obviously, people's close contacts will go up as they start to move around, but we just still need people to kind of to kind of be careful and kind of just use a bit of cop on, I suppose, in terms of trying to keep your close contacts as small as is possible. Yeah, and I suppose on that... I know you were tweeting about this a, a little bit earlier on, but overall, we and in relation to the the reproductive rate that we're seeing with the virus, yeah. we're kind of heading in the right direction. Yeah, look, we really are. I mean, all of the kind of all of the kind of signs and stats are going in the right space. So this morning there were seventy five. Uh, people with COVID-19 in Irish hospitals. I mean, that's quite incredible. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, that was several hundred. At the peak, that was around a thousand. There's 29 people in intensive care. And obviously, we think of all of them literally fighting for their lives and we really hope they, they get better. But that that number was 99 a few weeks ago and it was 160 uh, back in April. So the number of people in ICU falling, number of people getting COVID-19 falling, number of new cases every day falling, just eight new cases today. You know, we've seen kind of single-digit cases or cases in the team uh, now for quite quite a while. And thankfully, the number of fatalities, the number of people passing away also falling. But I have to say to all your listeners, it's falling because of all the things you're doing, keeping your distance, washing your hands, coughing into your elbow, um, you know, keeping your contacts low. If we, if we got a bit sloppy in terms of how we 
how we follow the public health advice, it wouldn't take much for this to, to kind of creep back up again and to take a grip in our country again because the virus is still very much here. It's just we've managed as a, as a country to kind of suppress it, which is, which is some achievement for, for your listeners and everybody in Ireland. Now, would you recommend as well that we wear masks when we're going out and about to the shop and stuff? Because I've kind of heard mixed reports on whether that's necessary or not. Yeah, no, it's a really good question. And there, there has been kind of mixed, mixed views on it for a long time. And if you put lots of different doctors or scientists in rooms, you were getting lots of different opinions. But we have a very clear view now that if you're getting on public transport, so you're getting on a bus or a Dart or a Lewis train, or if you're in a shop or a supermarket or in an enclosed space where you can't really socially distance, you should wear a face. We call them a face covering. And the reason we're calling them that is you don't need the same mask that a nurse or a doctor would have in a hospital. And in fact, you can even make your own face covering. There's actually videos up on my Twitter as to how to do it. You can make them with socks and T-shirts and the likes. You can obviously go out and buy a mask as well. But you, uh, yes, the short answer, you shouldn't be getting on public transport or going around the supermarket without one. There are some exceptions. Obviously, some people will have a medical condition that they can't wear one. And... um, we don't recommend them for children under 13. But the idea here is it's not a magic shield, like it won't stop you getting the virus. But what it does is, this is a virus that transfers from droplets. So the, the droplets in your in your mouth, in your body, uh, can pass on to somebody else. And what it does do is make it harder for those droplets to spread. So it's, it's an extra hygiene measure and it is absolutely recommended that you do it. And we're going to launch a, a pretty big public awareness campaign on it in the next couple of days. Okay, well, good to clarify that. And thanks for doing that as well. Uh, the, the last time we uh, had you on, uh, sorry, the last time we had you on, we were obviously chatting about the important social issues, which were things like uh, hairdressers and yeah. barbers. And uh, there's been talk today that the date to open hairdressing barbers has been moved forward from the end of July to the end of this month. Uh, can you comment on that at all? Is that confirmed? So there'd be no one who'd be happier to confirm that than me if you look at the absolute <laughs> date uh, of my hair at the moment. It's getting harder to stick it <laughs> to, my, to my scalp every morning. But um, the answer is there's no decision made yet. I mean, I should say this. There's hairdressers and barbers across the country dying to get back to work. They're employing lots of people. We need them back to work. I also know from a mental health point of view, Actually getting your hair done and making yourself you know, feel a bit better can be an important part of your own well-being. So we are eager to, to help them get back open. What we're doing at the minute is we have our, our public health emergency team looking at all the remaining things to be opened, including hairdressers and barbers. And they're due to make a recommendation to us uh, next Thursday and uh, next Friday, so in a, in a week's time. We'll, um, we'll make a decision on that. So we'll have a definitive answer to the question on hairdressers Friday week, tomorrow week. Oh, OK. Um, that, good to clarify that as well. And for yourself personally, will, be, will you be changing up hairstyles and maybe going for a, a modern fade or do you have any plans for... Uh, <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, be, I, I'll be joining what I'd imagine would be a long waiting list to get into a barber's <laughs> because they're yeah. going to have to do things uh, very, very differently. And I've been hearing already of lots of people trying to book appointments for when they're back open. But uh, I don't know, anything just to get it out of my hair and ears and all these other random places to start I think you could sport a man bun why not <laughs> well, if it goes another few weeks I might have to give that serious consideration <laughs> long flowing hair in the doll you know you might like to look like some other TDs that have been in there before but sure, we won't go down yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. uh, uh, that road right now uh, the, sure. the, the, so um, the, the other thing people are kind of uh, pressuring <laughs> you uh, and the other health uh, authorities on is the whole issue around the two metre rule which a lot of people um, especially in hospitality so restaurant and pubs are like, listen, we won't be able to stay open on that. So is there any any comment on a, a change to the two-metre rule, especially for kind of restaurants, cafes and bars at the moment? Yes, 
so firstly, the most important thing to say is two metres is the public health advice. And we heard from the World Health Organization today that if you stay two metres away from somebody else, you have a greater than 90% chance that you won't get to catch the virus from. If you go down to one metres, I think it drops to around 70% of the chance. So if, if, if the aim here is to keep people well, to save lives, to weaken the virus, two metres is the public health advice. So to anybody listening to this programme, we need you to say two metres. What we are looking at is, in certain situations, certain hospitality places and the likes, if they can't keep the two metres, are there other things that they can do to keep people safe? Are there extra measures they could take different to, different to the two metres? So we have uh, people reviewing that at the moment. And again, when we make our decisions next week, uh, about the final kind of phases of the reopening, we, we'll have a look at it in that context. Sounds good. And obviously nightclubs and all that kind of stuff, restaurants, that's staying closed for the time being. So, I mean, we're hoping to be in a position that restaurants and cafes can start opening in phase three, so in about three weeks' time. Things like nightclubs and stuff are, are, are probably a good bit further away. Right, okay. Um, well, it's good to hear overall uh, heading in the right direction and, and to start getting people back to work and, and, and all those things which I think people were, would welcome for, for once um, um, yes. and hopefully sooner rather than later. Last couple of things that I wanted to, to, to ask you sure. about. I don't want to leave you without possibly giving you some ideas about how we can re-stimulate the economy. Um, <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> right. Um, I was just wondering, would there be any talk of um, maybe at the end of the year uh, a new bank holiday so that we could maybe you know help kickstart local tourism and local businesses and, and have a day off work yeah i think it's a really good idea i suppose most people that i meet at the moment just want to get back to work um, so i suppose the prior, first priority is to kind of try and get things back open um, but look i hope i hope when we you know, above my pay grades but i hope when we get through this that there will be a chance to have a kind of day where we get to look back and um, and and maybe as a country kind of you know, I don't know, celebrate in a way or, or, or maybe celebrate the efforts that people have made, our frontline staff have made and uh, and as you say, support kind of local businesses as well. So it's a possibility that we're going to be able to kind of have staycations in Ireland this year. You know, we might be able to see kind of restaurant hotels opening. Hopefully if we get through this phase safely, you know, people travelling beyond their own county. It's going to be nice for people to be able to get out and about around Ireland and as you say, support local businesses and stuff. So I think, I think there's two things we're going to have to do when this is, when this is over. One is celebrate the incredible work done by people on the front line and the efforts people made and then secondly also have have a day and an opportunity to commemorate all the all the people who are grieving and all the people who've lost their lives and the terrible suffering that this has brought so there are definitely two things we want to look at and um, how we recognize the frontline workers and how we how we kind yeah. of grieve together and um, but but again this is probably a few months away we need to just get through the next i suppose one of the things i'm a little bit worried about now is because the figures are going in the right direction people kind of presume that that's guaranteed to continue and my absolute message is it's not what we have to avoid now is what they call the second wave and the government can't prevent that second wave the only people who can prevent that second wave is every single one of us working together and that's why we need to kind of keep up the advice keep up the hand washing wear the face covering when you get on a when you get on public transport or when you're in a shop don't go around meeting the world and its mother if we can get those sort of things right over the next while, it gives us the best chance of being able to move forward and get back to some degree of normality. I just wanted to ask as well, just in, in relation to working um, from home, I know you were saying a lot of people are eager to get back into work. Yeah. If you can work from home, should you continue doing that or are you advising people to slowly kind of start getting back? No, really important point. If you can work from home, we need you to keep working from home because by you working from home, you're enabling somebody who's doing a job that they can't do from home to get back to work. So even things like at the minute, because we're having to socially distance on public transport and the like, 
you know, we, we need to make sure that we keep enough space on the public transport for the people who absolutely have to go to work and the essential workers. So, yeah, the advice is if you have a job, and a lot of us do now that we can do our job, you know, with technology or with a laptop or whatever else, um, please do keep working from home. And I think we're going to need people to do that for quite a bit of time to come. And then final final question, more of a suggestion again. I'm just This might be kind sure. of outside your department. Um, uh, I think you're in the wrong job. I think so. Listen, I'm just doing a bit of research here. I'll put some ideas into you. It's more of, a, again, a, an economic stimulus idea. But what about sure. for the month of December? I know we've already racked up stupid, stupid amounts of debt trying to uh, yeah. obviously deal with the, the COVID payment, right? But listen, a little bit more won't hurt anyone long term. What if we didn't have to pay any PAYE tax for the month of December? <laughs> That's definitely above my pay grade. Um, no, no, I learned a long time ago not to make any promises you couldn't keep. I think, as I'm the health minister, we're going to need people to keep on paying their taxes so we can uh, keep on running the health service. So, uh, can't give me good news on that maybe, one, maybe unfortunately. Maybe just the nurses. There you go. The nurses don't have to pay any tax. Officially well, we confirmed by Simon Harris. <laughs> we definitely have to. Well, I'm married to a nurse, but uh, we um, but no, we we uh, we definitely uh, we're definitely going to need to look at something we can do to help our frontline staff. But um, I think there'll be a lot of people in the Department of Finance very angry if I announced we weren't paying tax in December. So <laughs> better not go there. Yeah, let, Just let, jump on the not. government jet and leg it. You'll be fine. You're like, listen, out of here. See you. Bye now. <laughs> well, uh, listen, uh, Minister, we appreciate. We go, sorry, go no, on. Yes. We can, we can't stop now. Okay, I don't know if you have been Simon watching any kind of repeats of TV shows that you've loved back in the day I have that's all I've been doing lately so I was watching Entourage I'm now watching Derry Girls which I hadn't watched before yes but now I've started to re-watch The West Wing which uh-huh. a, a little birdie told me you're a fan of I am a fan of The West Wing I haven't watched it in a long time though but that's back when like American politics at least you know you'd like to watch American politics on TV and American political programs compared to mm. what sometimes we have to see on the television these days in terms of a President Trump and the likes. But yeah, I am a, a bit of a West Wing fan, though. I did start watching, um, oh, I can't remember the name of it now, but um, Ricky Gervais is in it. It's really good. Um, Afterlife? Afterlife. Uh, in so my good. In my, little bit of, in my little bit of spare time, not that I really have spare time, but when I get home at a later hour of the night, I've started watching Afterlife. Highly recommend this. Both kind of funny and serious in the same way. Really, really good. Well, look, I have four questions here uh, from the West Wing. I just want to see Oh, if- God. Okay. <laughs> your, your knowledge is, is any use because um, oh, wow. it, it was a while ago. Now, I didn't get many of these correct myself, but I just want to see if it rejigs anything for you, right? Okay. So, okay. I'm give you the first one. What does Lord John Marbury always call Leo? My good boy or good man. Uh, no, I can't remember. No, it's an actual name. Oh, no, nothing. Simon. See, I've never watched this series. I can't even help you out, Minister. <laughs> There isn't even a clue. I'll do now. some Googling and I'll feed it into your ear. Hang on. <laughs> right, okay. What religion is the president? He's Catholic. Yes. Ding, 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 ding. ding, ding. Okay, you got one. One right. Okay, I'm going to try and get, okay. you, get you an easy one. In season six, Donna quits her job as Josh's assistant. Instead, she goes to work on whose campaign? Oh, it's not the Santos campaign. Yes. Phew. <laughs> oh, you're good at this. Season pro. This is, this is going back. Now, this is really touching my memory. I haven't watched this in years. It's <laughs> um, good. Two out of three is pretty good. Okay, the last one. Now, these are just very strange, random ones. But who said the following quote? I'll kill you with my shoe. Kill you with my shoe? Uh, DJ? No. Mandy. Oh. Two out of four is good. I'm two out of four. Impressed. 
Well I've killed you with your shoe. I need an answer to that one. Mandy Hampton. Can't even remember who she is, but okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna, if this pandemic ever ends, one day, one day we'll watch <laughs> we it again. Need to go back and watch it. <laughs> one day we'll watch it again, yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, well, listen, 50%, if you can get a 50% approval rate now, Simon, all yeah. things will be absolutely fine. So yeah, it's yeah, not a bad pass. score. Yeah, if we have a pass with shining colours. Uh, listen, Minister, thanks a million for giving up your time this evening. I oh, no, uh, appreciate the, uh, the information as well. And yeah, we'll Thank chat you so again much. soon. Yeah, keep well, everyone. Take care. Bye-bye. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Long. Cormac and Saoirse here on uh, Room 104. By the way, if you're looking forward to heading back into Pennies, some of them are opening tomorrow. The ones in the shopping centres won't be opening until the 15th. So June the 15th, ones in uh, probably Liffey Valley and Blanchetown and any ones inside the shopping centres will be opening then. But if, if they have a, uh, street access they will be opening up uh, tomorrow. So the one in the city centre will obviously be opening up tomorrow. If you do want to have a look, a little, little bit of a nose around the place to see what you'll be getting yourself into, they have released a load of photos, just kind of giving people an idea of the the change in your Penny's experience and what to expect from tomorrow since they've been reopened. So if you do want to have a look at the photos, they are up on fm104.ie as well. So uh, tomorrow for the ones which with uh, an on-street access, but if your local Penny's is in a shopping centre, they will not be opened until the 15th of June, but obviously inching back towards the right direction as well. Uh, just before the break, the question was um, when it comes to sport, which is the best sport when it comes to improving your brain function? Initially, Sushi, you had said? Yeah, I think it's probably something like football or tennis or something something contact sport-wise. Do you know? Mm, yeah, Most yeah. sports are. So, um, like, it could be anything. Like, not nothing like swimming or something that you're doing on your own, I wouldn't say. Um, I'd say hmm, swimming might. So, what they've done is they've looked at the different aspects of sport um, and found that those... Those sports that are involved with more specific body movement that you have to think a little bit more. I said running is kind of very, it's not complex. So complex sports movements apparently are far better for your, for your brain. And it doesn't matter how long you're exercising when it comes to brain function anyway, not health or fitness. When it comes to improving your own mental and cognitive abilities, it's the complexity of the sport that you're playing as opposed to the duration of the time that you're doing it that has the biggest impact on your head. Oh, Okay. I think I might know the answer. All right, hold off just yet. It's interesting as well. There's a difference when it comes to improving your brain performance in the type of exercise for men or women as well, right? So apparently men's cognitive performance will improve drastically if you're doing hard, very intense workouts. They are much more beneficial for a man's uh, cognitive functions. But for a woman... Light to medium intensity workouts are far more beneficial to the brain than doing some crazy burnout workout. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that now. Yes, it just I, takes I kind time of thought relax. overall that it was probably better to, you know, they say you can overdo exercise. Don't go running seven days a week. Maybe go running yeah. three times a week. Um, so you can overdo it and burn out. But I didn't realize it was different levels for, for men and different levels for women. That's fine yes. then. I, I obviously, that half a walk that I went on today was enough. <laughs> You're now a genius now. You're Einstein yeah. level IQ, which is great. But I'm trying to think of different sports that, I guess, would have you focus more and, and mm. have you be a little bit sharper. Like table tennis or something. 
So um, the ones that require a big deal of, let's say, eye-to-hand coordination and, and different kind of specific movements are the ones that will have the biggest impact on your, your kind of cognitive function. And it's far more important, apparently, if you want to... It's far more important when you're very, very young to do these for your cognitive development and also when you're very, very old. So when you're kind of 20s and 30s and 40s, you're probably grand, you can do what you want, but if you want to delay, you know, your, your declining mental capacities, you should be taking up some of these types of sports as opposed to just running. Obviously, you know, health and fitness is, fitness is important, but the specific type of exercise has been shown to have an impact on how, how your brain, how well your brain is functioning, I should say. So uh, one of the best ones... And they're all similar enough, right? I'll give you the list. I have six ones here and see if you can guess what the, the, the best one is. So now these are based off an American, kind of Americanized study. So uh, some of them are American sports. But squash, apparently brilliant oh, for your brain. Yeah. Mm. Now, my brother used to play this years ago. Yeah. Which was, um, I, I didn't even really know what squash was. <laughs> I still don't really know what it is. But he, yeah, he used to do that once a week. He did give it up now because I was going to say he's definitely not... Uh, a genius by any means. Um, <laughs> no offence, brother, but you know, squash, that's a random one. Yeah, next one, which I wouldn't have thought, but there, here you go, uh, badminton. Oh, I used to love playing that with my dad in Trebalgan. <laughs> Trebalgan. Trebalgan was great for that. Oh yeah, I actually haven't heard of anyone playing that in years. Is that even still mm. a sport? I think it is. I think there's like leagues in Everton as well. Out in the sports centre or where, what's the, not that sports centre? What's that, the name of that big, huge sports complex beside the M50 um, near, oh, where's near the airport? Not Alsa. It's not Alsa. It's the one across That's the road from Alsa. Down the road no. behind the petrol station. Up past Ballymun. Would I know it? I don't know. What's it called? I used to train there all the time, and now it's massive. I think they do, like, leagues and stuff like that out there. Badminton leagues. If anyone knows the answer, 087-6797-104. Put him out of his misery. I don't know, Again. I only know Alsa. Yeah, it's across huh? the road from him. Another huge, uh, huge place there. Mm. Um, the next place, right, uh, or the next thing that's good, uh, basketball. Oh, I was going to say basketball. Because you have I- to really think quick on your feet, don't you? Yeah, and there's a lot of movement. These your feet and your hands and and stuff. It doesn't include, it doesn't include any of our Irish sports. So unfortunately, they haven't looked at it because I would say hurling requires a hell of a lot of physical and eye to hand coordination and very specific moves. You can't, you know, it's not like jogging or kicking a ball around. You need to kind of know what you're doing when it comes hurling to uh, hurling. Is is literally a load of lads hitting each other with a stick? Oh, organized riots. That's exactly what hurling it is. is. Yeah, absolutely. They kill each. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Each other on the pitch. <laughs> Don't they? They do. I knew, I used to play with a guy in school who would... Uh, well I never played hurling he played hurling but what he would do is like he'd throw the ball up and deliberately miss a swing just so he could clatter some lad yeah I've seen that happen a lot bits gummy bits gummy Mm, yeah so definitely not hurling uh, no, well, again, hurling and GAA isn't in here, unfortunately. Um, so I'd wonder what their impact is. But we've had squash, badminton, basketball. Uh, the next two are, one might be more Canadian and then American, if you've any guesses. Oh, I know. Ice hockey or hockey? Uh, correct and right, yeah. Third, yes. ice hockey. Ice hockey, interesting. Yeah, ice hockey obviously isn't a sport here. But yeah, you will be using everything. Is it actually? No, that's a lie. I have a, a girl I used to be friends with. Her sister was mad into ice hockey. I think, I don't know if we have a rink here. I think there might be an, an ice hockey rink in Belfast, if I'm not mistaken, because I knew a guy who played ice hockey for Ireland. Hmm. No, I think they're always, here. I, always I, I know it sounds impressive, and I was, I was always a bit like, yeah, but how many people play, play ice hockey? You know what I mean? Yeah. Be, so it's hard enough, though. It, it, I'd it say so, yeah. It would be, yeah. be terrible at it. Um, oh, look at this. Snooker or darts? Because you're adding and subtracting. Oh, that'd be a good one as well, yeah. Oh, I'm so bad at snooker. That's a good so, show. So that, that didn't make the list. Now, maybe they were only looking at um, maybe they were only looking at field sports, Tommy. But that's a, that's a great show because your brain is constantly going. Um, yeah. Especially with the, the maths when it comes to darts. I can never I'd be there with a phone going, here, what's going on? trying to think of what else so this is a so field sport hockey, uh, you, you have squash badminton basketball ice hockey and then the last two I'm sure I know what I'm, I'm going to say the top sport is okay don't, I don't, don't say it just yet do not say it just yet any other guesses 0876797104 still to come on the show chatting to someone who's delivering some food via drone tomorrow barbecue food via drone tomorrow for the first time in the country and apparently the first time in the world something like that has ever been done and also um, how if you're missing out on your hugs apparently getting a bit of feedback from your boss is exactly the same or can help you feel exactly the same as getting a hug of someone that you like so we'll be chatting to Dr. Phil Parker about that shortly first FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Long. Cormac and Saoirse here on FM 104. Thank you to uh, the couple of people who just text in there, by the way. Uh, quick thanks to Morris and also I think it's to Tracy as well. Sports Link. How in the name of God did oh. I forget that? Thank you. I have heard of that, actually. Yeah, I've never been in it, though. They have in some of the dressing rooms, they've underfloor heating. Oh, that's nice. Absolutely magic. So you're coming in freezing from playing a match and then rather than walking around on the freezing cold when you're coming back from the shower, they've underfloor heating. I'm like, oh. Oh, yeah. And I think, do they have that out in Joey's and Sally Noggin as well? The first time just being so strange when they, they, they built a new clubhouse there years ago. 
And then I think we were all just like, ha ha, this is unreal. Yeah, Underfloor. Underfloor heating. Um, they must have had a bit of cash there because, you know, you're going around doing the, the, the raffle tickets for the local club and you're being told it's going towards the club. How they how they got that across the line? We need underfloor. They literally were like, really? we have so much money, what else will we spend it on? I know. <laughs> underfloor we either, heating. We get the under eights a new kit or underfloor heating. Ah, underfloor heating. Let's go for it. <laughs> Right, thanks for that, lads. Appreciate it. It was a uh, sports something. I knew it was sports something, but a uh, huge place there now. Good, good, up bit of crack. Um, is it volleyball? Is that the sport that makes or improves your brain the most? It's not volleyball. That's a good shout, though. Is it a sport that you play here? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Would you play it? Um, no. I this, this no. I've never. Pl- I no. I've never played it properly. Like as a, as a. As a regular kind of thing. You play this on holidays a bit and it's a very difficult sport to play well. Um, I know what it is. It's a bit of a I rich sport as well, to be honest with you. I think that I am very good at uh, something related to this sport. Oh, maybe you're getting... Okay, what, what, what do you think it is? What do you think it is? Okay, I think it's golf. I think it's golf because uh, I was thinking it's probably one of those sports where you really need to, to use your, your mind and your brain and stuff and because you know you have to, it looks like it's flat the whole time when it's not there's little bumps and stuff and you have to know exactly where you know to, to aim to get to the hole but I'm very good at pitch and put and I'm very good at um, you know that centre in Dundrum mini oh, golf the, the adventure golf isn't it Oh, I always win that. I always get free tickets and everything. I'm brilliant. But are you usually going there on dates with lads and are they just letting you win? Uh, that has happened a few times, <laughs> but we've often played twice and I usually win the first time and then lose because I've lost interest. Oh, right. Yeah. You know, I, I don't want to do two rounds. I just wanted to do one and show off and, and win. Um, but then at the end, you have to get the ball in to win the ticket for to go again. Oh, I always get it. Honestly, it's probably one of that and foosball are my are my sports. Uh, it's not golf, though. Oh, I thought you were going to say it is golf. No, sorry about you. Now it's not golf. Ah, stop! Is that up there? No, uh, no, it's not actually. So I'll tell you a bit more about it. So they they found strength and endurance training can obviously help when it comes to your mental process and, and functioning, right? But. Uh, this is what they say, challenging sports that require the coordination of complex movement patterns provide a greater boost to your mind. Uh, and they found that one of the most challenging sports when it comes to things like that, challenging and kind of intense sports as well, the best one for you is apparently tennis. Tennis? Yeah. God. God, I'd never have played tennis. You might have played it out in the road. You know, you might have played tennis out in the road when you were a kid or whatever, but I never joined a tennis club or no. did anything like that. And any time I would have played it, I would always wind up just smashing the ball like 400 foot over the net and over the actual court and very, very frustrating game to play because I think it's very hard to get good at tennis. Yeah, it is hard to get good at tennis and it's also very uh, tiring, isn't it? Oh, it kind of works out your whole yeah. body. Yeah. Huh. It makes sense though. So if you want to offset the decline in your head and your in your, your brain functioning as you're getting older, tennis, tennis, badminton, squash and things like that that require you to be all over the shop and require, as I say, very challenging, complex sports that require coordination of complex movement patterns. So, uh, see, I would say swimming is up there as well because swimming, if you're trying to do swimming correctly, swimming can be very, 
very confusing and challenging and you have to think about seven million different things at once. Swimming? Swimming, yeah. Well, see, I'm a terrible swimmer. I don't really know how to swim, so I, I kind of doggy paddled my way around. But, yeah, I, I, I guess you're right, but I wouldn't say it's as challenging as a contact sport. I would I mean, say. It, I think you have to be so technically aware of so many things you're doing when you're swimming that it can be incredibly overwhelming and challenging and complex. I think like, if you're trying to swim properly with the whole face in the water and taking a breath to the side and making sure your, your body's in the right position and twist in the right way and your hands, because you even have to have your hands angled at the right way when they go into the water and come back and just, ah, uh, nightmare. Yeah, no, I, I get it. It's definitely not easy. No sport is easy, though. The only thing that I found last year, I went to a really, um, I'm going to say I went to a posh part of Dublin for a walk in a park. So, have you ever been to Donnybrook? Uh, I've driven through it. I've never actually been to Donnybrook. Well, there's a park there. I don't know what the park is called. But anyway, I was walking through it and there was really elderly people. Like, they were probably, like, nearly 80s playing, was it bowls? Is that what it's called? Oh, the old grass bowls, the lawn bowls yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like grey crack, yeah. But I've never seen that be played before. And, like, that, to me, is a very posh sport. But apparently one of the guys was telling me at the time that it's really good for your um, memory. Why your so, memory? I don't know. don't know. I don't even know how they play it. Yeah. But apparently that's what he said. And he was participating at the time. But, um, yeah, there's probably... Like, I mean, any sport is going to be good for you, really, isn't it? Yeah, anything that gets you up off your hole during lockdown. It doesn't have to be tennis. Just go for an old four-second walk like Saoirse did and you'll be absolutely fine. Yeah, you'll be perfect. Blood pressure's lowered now because of that. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. yeah, heart rate is up. Four-minute walk, that's all you got to do. Job done. One, so listen, once there a you month. Go. Yeah, once <laughs> yeah. a month, little stroll to the fridge and back, and everything is happy days, and you get your food order to your door, so you don't have to go anywhere. So listen, that's it. Uh, complicated is squash, badminton, tennis, different things like that that kind of involve complex movements and a certain level of intensity. Very, very good for your brain. Very important when you're a young child, apparently, and also when um, you're, you're getting older to keep the old brain ticking over. Uh, on the way next, if you're missing getting hugs from people that you work with, or just the fact that there's no. You're not getting any interaction or hugs from your co-workers. Maybe you're that type of person. Turns out that your boss can do one thing in particular to help you get the same buzz that you would get from hugging someone even though you're working remotely. So Dr. Phil Parker, who's an author and psychologist and trainer, has been looking into this. He's been looking into the different impacts that working remotely, working from home, has when it comes to kind of people's moods and, the, and, and their headspace as well. So we'll be talking to him next here on FM 104. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Saoirse Long. It's Room 104. It's Cormac and Saoirse here. You can uh, download listen back to the podcast. Just search for Room 104 with Cormac and Saoirse on Spotify and all the usual places where you're getting your podcasts from. Now, as uh, we're a lot of you are working from home, uh, you might be... Maybe communication isn't as clear as it would be in, in the office. Maybe uh, sometimes people can feel a little bit alienated, right? And you might be getting the, the feedback that you need or get from working in an office environment where people are just coming back and forth the whole time. But turns out that... Getting recognised for your work while feeling at home can apparently give you the same high as being cuddled or hugged. Now, you're the serial hugger here, Saoirse, so I mean... Yeah. yeah. Would that do the same thing if someone rang you up and said, well done, Saoirse, excellent job on X, Y and Z. Would that, would that satisfy your cuddling needs? 
Do you know what? Just when you said that there, I was trying to imagine how I'd feel if you if you had rang me up and said, well done, that was brilliant. And I was like, yeah, actually, I would feel that cuddle sensation, that love, the warmth. Yeah, it is nice, yeah. isn't it? Um, yeah, I think so. So to talk a little bit more about um, this whole area and how positive feedback from your employer, especially while you're working at home, can give you a high, uh, author and psychologist Dr. Phil Parker joins us on the line. Doctor, how are you? I'm fabulous, thank you very much. The first point of contention I want to bring up about this research is, are you suggesting that employers actually give positive feedback to their staff? (laughs) Surprisingly, yes. Uh, But only when it's, you know, appropriate. You can't just go around saying great things all the time if people's work isn't what it should be. But yeah, absolutely, the research is pretty clear that uh, when people are not valued, they get stressed. When they get stressed, they don't perform well. So if you're taking care of them, you're going to probably get better performance, happier people who are likely to stay around longer. But this obviously stems from childhood, because when you're obviously smaller, if you're rewarded or told, that's brilliant, that's great, you're doing a great job, you know, you're kind of act the same. So is it is it learned behaviour from a very young age? It is learned behaviour, um, but there's also a couple of differences. Some people are more affected by uh, being told things by external people and other people are more affected by what they think about it. So it does depend on who you are. If you're somebody who really likes uh, good feedback or somebody who's like, well, I think I know myself what I like. There's kind of internal, external things around the differences. Oh, that's interesting now. Very interesting to see. So I imagine um, with the current situation, getting feedback, like I always, we're obviously not managers or bosses, but I imagine if you're managing an organization, it must be incredibly difficult to stay on top of a team of 10, 20, 30 more people and, and, and deliver feedback. So are you finding that maybe that's a challenge at, at the moment with working from home or working remotely? Yeah, I think it is. It's, it's always a challenge to do that, to keep on top of it. But when you're not seeing people and having the kind of day-to-day contact, you know, being able to observe them because we get so much information by just seeing what people are looking like, you know, how their face looks, uh, how, you know, whether they're slumping, standing up, how animated yeah. they are. And so much of that stuff is just missing when we don't have that physical, personal interaction. God, that's, that's really true. You wouldn't even be able to pick up on, as you said, their, their social cues or their body language because sometimes you just know someone's having a bad day or a bad week. Yeah. They don't have to say yeah. anything, but they're just sitting in their office. They're not going for a coffee. They're not eating. They're not doing anything. And, and you might be able to intervene. Yeah, you, you can't do that un- unless their Zoom camera is on 24-7. And obviously <laughs> that's, that's a slight issue with data and privacy. <laughs> But do you know what the percentage of um, of information that's conveyed by words compa- compared to body language? Oh, they reckon it's only seven percent of information we get from words. The other ninety three percent comes from their posture, their tonality, and all that stuff's lost if you get an email or a text thing. So there's so many opportunities to kind of misread, misunderstand. Oh, that's that's so true because you can do that all the time. And I always feel really. Uh, it's just awkward if you have to say something to someone that, and you don't want to come across as a bit of a, you know, I don't know, a bit moody or a bit grumpy and you're, you're, you spend an hour trying to just write up an email that's only two sentences long because you're like, oh no, I sound like a little bit of an idiot here. I sound too <laughs> too strong and, and too, um, too full on. And I found as well, I think sometimes if you're in a bad mood, you can read into an email or a message wrong. It'll be someone won't even be thinking and you'll just get a message from the boss and they won't mean anything by it, but it'll be there going, oh God, it's always the same in this place, you know? what I mean? So yeah, I'm, it's fascinating that you bring that up because all of that communication that we need as humans to interact and work properly, yeah, as you said, 93% of that's gone. Yeah, and it, it caused, and we've all been in that place where you 
you send what seems to be quite a reasonable email or text and the response you get is, oh my God, <laughs> how did they make that out of what I said? Yeah. Uh, because we are kind of machines that make meaning out of stuff and we, and we read in between the gaps and try and understand it. And when we haven't got all those channels of, oh, are they saying that with a little smile? You know, there's a sense of humor there. We can't read that. We can get really confused and, and make the wrong choice about what does that mean. So does the opposite then go for someone kind of saying stuff negative all the time to you? Yeah, if, if somebody's negative all the time, that, that does have problems. So it will reduce your sense of motivation. You'll start to think, what am I doing here? And maybe I want to get another job. It's de- demotivating, productivity falls. And interestingly, and this is kind of one of the things I work a lot with, is how these things actually affect our physical health. It, it makes you more likely to be ill. Oh, that's interesting. God. Because I've noticed, I've had bosses before where they kind of think, treat them mean, keep them keen to <laughs> mentality you know where they'd say yeah you could always do better you know or this yeah. kind of thing so it is quite negative so they're not telling you you're doing a terrible job but it's there's no positive spin on it whatsoever and uh, yeah. I, I, I worked in a place and the only time you would get feedback is when someone was pointing out something that you did wrong or not even something <laughs> that you did wrong they, they would never say you know well done on x y and z it was always no i don't like this and i don't like I don't like this and i don't like this and you're kind of like we're after breaking our backs for the last month to try and get this done and and there's nothing there, there would never be and i don't know if it was they were afraid of instilling some sort of complacency by saying you know that's good enough and that they have some weird thing of kind of going you always have to push your staff further and further and further but it just created such a toxic work environment that ex- that's exactly what it led to what you said uh, dr parker that everyone just got bitter and resentful and we're like just hate working here and uh, looking for different jobs and planning a route out of the place as opposed to staying there yeah, and that's really bad for business it's bad bad for the people as well but they reckon that on average every time someone leaves and you have to re-employ it costs you roughly a, a year's salary in terms of uh, finding the people yeah. in the team working not working finding another person in disruption and so in terms of just the bottom line cost it doesn't make sense but it's also not as you say toxic environments and they're just not good for you and there's some really interesting research coming out again this is my kind of my field the mind body connection how how we feel physically actually changes how our body works that being nice to people, being kind, gratitude actually has an effect on all sorts of genes, all sorts of hormones, neurotransmitters. So it's not just it's nice to do it. It's kind of really important. Here's a really interesting stat they've done recently. They did a study of happiness, which in psychology they, t- they call subjective well-being, but it's basically happiness. And they found if you measure happiness, the people who are happy compared to their less happy friends, their grumpy friends, on average will live an extra 10 years. Wow. Yeah, and that's similar to smoking. Like smoking 10 to 14 years, if you were a smoker, everyone would say smoking is not, not a very good thing for your health. Well, happiness has a very, very similar effect on, on your longevity and your wellness. Yeah, that's really interesting. So um, is it true then that giving positive feedback can in some ways give people the same response or reaction as them getting a hug? <laughs> yeah, it is. So sounds a bit crazy, but there's this hormone, there's lots of hormones kicking around, but oxytocin, a really interesting hormone, a lot of people haven't heard about it, it doesn't get a huge press, but it's becoming... 
It's always been around, but it's, people are becoming more interested in it. And one of the reasons they're interested in it is it, it turns up in pregnancy, right at the, the final stages of pregnancy. Uh, it helps um, the milk come down. It's also helpful in conception, but it's very important in bonding, creating relationships. And it's also, of course, very excitingly released during sex. So people start to get very interested in oxytocin. When you, uh, when you connect with somebody in a positive way, they and you will produce some of this oxytocin, more so if you're face-to-face and if you're physically in contact. But even virtually, even connecting with people on social media or text will produce some of it. So Cormac, you feel loads of hugs from me? Since I've been so nice. I've never gotten I've never gotten any positive <laughs> feedback from you, Sasha. Let's call a spade a spade here now. So uh, <laughs> I was just we'll still out later. <laughs> wait, wait, waiting on it here. Yeah, um, I suppose yeah, it is. Um, you know, obviously helps getting good positive feedback from, and I think now more than ever, I think bosses are probably challenged with trying to be as clear as possible on what everyone needs to do and be as deliberate uh, and be as concise as possible as well because no one wants to do another four-hour Zoom meeting um, every single day because they're just uh, losing their minds. So what, what would you say to, like, any advice for people who are either working remotely or managing a team remotely on, on trying to kind of keep employees engaged and keep them on track? Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, in my house at the moment. I've got uh, a couple of other members of my family who are working and I hear their, their, what they're up to. And they're doing a lot of the really good things. So they quite often start the morning with a, a meeting as though they were all together, a very quick meeting, but chatting about stuff, how you're getting on, connecting with people like you would down, you know, around the water cooler or, you know, over your cappuccino and, and, and not forgetting that those things are really important and spending that time of connecting because otherwise you're not really a team. You're just individuals doing your, you know, your robotic job over there. We need to think about how can we connect with people and the same towards the end of the day or the end of the week and to do some fun stuff because that's part of work, isn't it? A good working environment. It's not just working, but socializing, having a laugh. I love that idea. We should do that before our show. We should go and have a coffee virtually. Or a virtual coffee or a virtual yeah. beer. Just a uh, hey, virtual <laughs> glass of wine on, on the other side of the, the studio, on the other side of the desk. Yes, it's not bad. Um, it'll be interesting now to see, obviously we don't know, but which is more productive and happier over the long term because I think there's going to be more people working from home long term as this goes on. It'll be interesting to see whether, you know, offices are the be-all and end-all because I know some people are very keen to get everyone back into the office and whether like remote working can work long term. I'd wonder like Dr. Parker, do you think do you think working from home could be um as productive as working from the office? I uh, having talked to so many people during this period, a lot of people are, are saying, why do they ever get dressed in a suit, get on the train for an hour, an hour and a half in London and then do the same at the end of the day when I can do most of this from home equally effectively. Uh, offices are kind of going, why are we spending all this money on this, this space we don't need all the time? So I, I'm pretty certain that we're not going to go back to the way it was, that the whole going to work nine to five is, is, is not going to be normal because people have got a bit of a taste of, well, you know, I can get, see the kids, I can get up, do the work, go, I'm home. You know, I think, I think those things are going to make a difference. And then it does bring in these questions, right? How do we keep connected with people in a way that's useful? when we are physically distant. So there's some very interesting questions that are going to come up, but I think this will be one of the intriguing social changes that come from this kind of crazy time that we're in at the moment. Yeah, I mean, it would be, obviously, it would be far easier if your gyms 
and your pubs and your restaurants were open so you could have some <laughs> social normality around the whole thing. But no, I, I think you're dead right. And uh, I suppose if you're if you're managing a team remotely, remember to, to just give them a lollipop and say, well done, they did a good job because they might be stressed out of their minds uh, at home. Dr. Parker, before we let you go, do you have anywhere on, online or anything you'd like to give a quick mention before we let you go? Yeah, do come visit me, philparker.org. Uh, where you can find out more about what I do and how you can take some of these tools to home for you in this crazy time. Um, and I'm always, every Tuesday, if you come and see me on Facebook, I do a free seminar talking about how we deal with the situation we're in and thrive and survive in this crazy time. So, um, yeah, that was philparker.org. That's the one, yeah. Brilliant. Well, listen, thanks a million for giving up your time this evening. And you also did a very good job this evening. Oh, thank you very much. I uh, feel <laughs> massively, massively hugged. There you go, Prue. Uh, listen, thanks a million for popping. We'll chat you again soon. Yeah, pleasure. Take care. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.